Sydney's Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Welcome back to News Kids. We have had a long break over the summer and are pleased to be back to update you on the latest news stories. The news story that is dominating the headlines at the moment has been the sad passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. In this episode, we will be covering details about her life and also talking about her funeral. We will also be talking about her eldest son, who is now king. Finally, we will be updating you on UK politics, as there has been a change of Prime Minister since our last episode. On Thursday the 8th of September, Queen Elizabeth II, the UK's longest serving monarch, died at Balmoral, her Scottish estate. She was aged 96 and had reigned for 70 years. Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor was born on the 21st of April 1926 in a house near Berkeley Square in London. She was the first child of Albert, Duke of York, who was the second son of George V and his duchess, the former Lady Elizabeth Bowes Lyon. When Elizabeth was born, she was not actually supposed to be in line to become the Queen. On the death of her grandfather, George V in 1936, his eldest son, known as David, became Edward VIII and the rules of succession meant that if he had children, they would one day succeed him. However, his choice of wife, Wallace Simpson, a twice-divorced American lady, was thought to be unacceptable on political and religious grounds. At the end of the year, he abdicated which means he gave up the throne. On the 12th of May, 1937, Elizabeth's father took over to become King George VI, which meant that Elizabeth would be queen when he died. When Elizabeth was growing up, there was a lot of tension in Europe, and as a young princess, her life was dominated by World War II. She and her younger sister, Margaret, lived out of the war in Windsor Castle. On her 21st birthday, she broadcast a message saying, I declare before you that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. During her teenage years, Princess Elizabeth also met and fell in love with Philip, Prince of Greece. The young couple faced a few obstacles, as there were many against the marriage due to Philip's foreign ancestry. In the end, they married on the 20th of November, 1947, two years after the end of the war. Huge crowds celebrated their wedding around the country. Prince Philip was given the title of the Duke of Edinburgh, and the couple went on to have four children, Prince Charles, Princess Anne, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward. In the early years of her marriage, the couple had a fairly normal life, whilst Prince Philip served as a naval officer in Malta. However, not long after she was married, King George VI passed away and Elizabeth's life was altered forever. Princess Elizabeth, who was then 25 years old, was in Kenya on an overseas tour when she heard about the death of her father and she immediately returned to London. Her coronation in June 1953 was the first coronation in the UK 
to be televised and millions of people watched. When she became queen, she did not just become queen of Great Britain. A large part of her role was also to be head of the Commonwealth, which includes countries like Australia, Canada, Pakistan, Jamaica and India. At the start of her reign, there were just eight countries who were members of the Commonwealth. But by the time she passed away, the Commonwealth membership has increased to 54 countries. Another important role for the Queen was to offer guidance to politicians in the UK. And she used to meet with the Prime Minister of the UK every week to be consulted on the biggest issues of the time. During her reign, she worked with 15 different Prime Ministers and appointed to the last one on the 6th of September, just two days before her death. She also had the titles Head of the Armed Forces, Defender of the Faith, and Supreme Governor of the Church of England. She had links to more than 600 charities and organisations. Her time as Queen was not always easy. In her personal life, 1992 was a very difficult year, and she called it Annus Horribilis, which means horrible year in Latin. The marriages of three of her children broke down and there was a fire at Winter Castle. Another difficult period was when Princess Diana, the first wife of her eldest son and the mother of Prince William, died. Many people thought that she was out of touch with her people. Eventually, she spoke to the public on live TV, calling Diana an exceptional and gifted human being. In 2021, she suffered a great loss when her husband died at the age of 99. Her last year, however, was marked with great celebrations as people all around the UK celebrated her Platinum Jubilee. The Queen has seen a huge amount of change in the UK in her lifetime, from World War II to the coronavirus pandemic, when she again delivered a message of hope to her people. She has been a constant figure in many people's lives. Queen Elizabeth II will be remembered as a queen who spent her life keeping the promise that she made when she was first crowned queen, serving her people and her country. Hi, it's Rose here. Well, it has been a very sad time here in the UK since the Queen died on Thursday, September the 8th. The first big thing to happen was a speech from the new King, King Charles III, who addressed the nation the following day. In his speech, he talked about his mother, praising her warmth, humour and ability to see the best in people. He also said that Prince William and Catherine would become Prince and Princess of Wales, and he also expressed his love for his son Prince Harry and wife Meghan. After this, preparations for the Queen's funeral began in earnest. Her coffin was transported from Balmoral, the Queen's home in Scotland, where she died, to Edinburgh, then by plane down into London, where it arrived on Tuesday the 13th of September. From Wednesday the 14th, four days of lying in state began, where the Queen's coffin was displayed in Westminster Hall, providing an opportunity for the general public to pay their final respects. This saw the beginning of what became quickly known as the queue, as thousands and thousands of people began to arrive to file past the Queen's coffin. Waiting times to reach Westminster Hall quickly became many hours long, but still the queue grew. 
It is estimated that close to 250,000 people viewed her coffin in total during this period. And then, on Monday the 19th of September, the world said goodbye to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Leaders from all around the world, including US President Joe Biden, French President Emmanuel Macron, the Prime Minister of New Zealand and royals from across the globe, gathered together in London for the United Kingdom's first state funeral in decades. The Queen's coffin was taken via Parliament Square to Westminster Abbey, then carried on the state gun carriage, drawn by 142 Royal Navy sailors. After a one-hour service, the coffin was then taken to Wellington Arch in a procession featuring members of the armed forces and their bands. The Queen's children, including King Charles III, followed behind the coffin on its journey after it left the Abbey. His sons, Prince William and Prince Harry, joined them. The Queen's coffin was later driven to Windsor Castle, where a service of committal was held at St George's Chapel where the Queen's coffin was lowered into the royal vault next to her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, who passed away last year. I watched the funeral with some of my friends, and I found it really, really sad, but I enjoyed the music, which was beautiful. I think it's incredible how long the Queen served our country for, and I'm so proud to have lived a little bit in the time of her reign. It feels quite strange now, thinking about having a king instead, and saying, God save the king! Hi, it's Laurie here. So, at the same time as being sad about the Queen dying, here in England, we are also celebrating having a new king. At the moment, Queen Elizabeth died. The throne passed immediately and without ceremony to her heir, Charles, the former Prince of Wales. The first-born son of the Queen and her late husband, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. Charles was the next in line for the throne from the time he was three, making him the longest-serving and the most prepared heir to the throne in British history. At 73, he is the oldest monarch to ever take the British throne. This might sound funny, but the first decision of the new king's reign was to choose his own name. He could have chosen from any of his four names. Charles, Philip, Arthur, George. But he chose Charles, and so is now known as King Charles III. He is not the only one that has a new title. Prince William and his wife, Catherine, became the Prince and Princess of Wales, and Charles's wife, Camilla, became the Queen Consort, a term used for the spouse of the monarch. Charles was officially proclaimed king on the Saturday following the Queen's death. And this event took place at St. James's Palace in London in front of a ceremonial body known as the Accession Council. But the main event is the coronation when Charles is formally crowned. Because of the preparation needed, the coronation is not likely to happen any time soon. Although Queen Elizabeth took the throne in 1952, she was not crowned until the following summer. For the past 900 years, the coronation has been held in Westminster Abbey. William the Conqueror was the first monarch to be crowned there and Charles will be the 40th. The coronation is a Church of England religious service carried out by the Archbishop of Canterbury, who will place St. Edward's crown on Charles's head, a solid gold crown dating from 1661. So what kind of king might Charles turn out to be? He'd always had a keen interest in environmental causes, including organic farming, architecture and urban planning, as well as fighting climate change. He served in the military, 
the royal air force and the royal navy in the 1970s and will no doubt be on hand for many military parades and events during his reign he must be quite nervous and i wish him good luck for his new reign as king charles the third hello this is zara another major event that has taken place recently has been the appointment of liz truss as the uk's new prime minister boris johnson announced in july that he was resigning as leader of the Conservative Party after 50 people from his own party resigned in protest over his leadership. There then followed a leadership contest to elect a new leader of the Conservative Party. A number of candidates put themselves forward, but the final race for leadership was between the former Chancellor of Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, and Liz Truss, who served as Foreign Secretary in Boris Johnson's government. On the 5th of September, it was announced that Liz Truss would become Britain's next Prime Minister after she won by more than 20,000 votes. She has become the third woman to become UK Prime Minister after Margaret Thatcher in 1979 and Theresa May in 2016. All three female Prime Ministers have been from the Conservative Party. She is also the last Prime Minister to have been asked by Queen Elizabeth II to form a government in her name. So here is a little bit of a background about Liz Truss. She actually started her political career belonging to a different party called the Liberal Democrats, but switched to join the Conservatives during her time at Oxford University, where she studied philosophy, politics and economics. She also campaigned for the UK to stay part of the European Union, but switched to support Brexit when the majority of people in the UK voted to leave the EU. She served as Foreign Secretary in Boris Johnson's government. That is one of the most important jobs in government as she was in charge of dealing with the UK's relationship with other countries. As Prime Minister, she now has to take on a big challenge as her role as leader at a time when the UK is facing a cost-of-living crisis. In a first speech as Prime Minister, she talked about the challenges facing Britain, but said that together we can ride out the storm. She said that she has three main priorities as Prime Minister, getting Britain working again with a plan including cutting tax. She also talked about the energy crisis, which is a result the prices of electricity and gas going up very fast. She said that she would take action to deal with energy bills. Finally, she talked about the National Health Service and promised to help people get the doctor's appointments they need. We will be keeping you updated on News Kids on how things progress under Liz Truss's leadership. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.